Good afternoon and happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to episode 46 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you for listening. I hope everyone had a great weekend and enjoyed all the NFL action this weekend. In this episode, I will give my takes on the NFL divisional round playoff games this weekend. I'll give you who I think are, I think, the best fits for Deshaun Watson if the Houston Texans are stupid enough to trade him. And I'll end with a brief take on James Harden's debut with the New York Nets coming up on the other side. Now, without further ado, let's get started. Well, you know, I'm going to start my opening take at, and that is in the NFL with the divisional round playoff games. There were four games this weekend, and I'm going to go ahead and start off with the first one, the LA Rams versus the Green Bay Packers. Now, I predict the Green Bay would win this game. Of course, they won it a little bit more than what I said. I said 30 to 24. It turned out to be 32 to 18 for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers doing his thing. 296 yards and two touchdown passes. Now, one of the things I did say in my analysis on Friday is that I think the running game is going to have to help Aaron Rodgers out. And it did just that. I mean, Aaron Jones had 99 yards rushing. Jamal Williams had 65 yards rushing. And Devontae Adams, even though he didn't have a big statistical game, he did have 66 yards and one TD. And he got the best of Jalen Ramsey. Now, of course, before the game, he went up to Jalen Ramsey and tell him, I'm not the guys you cover. Of course, he didn't mean that in a disrespectful way, as he said at the, at, in the post game. But still, he, he, was, he, was the, he was the better player on Saturday. Jared Goff had 174 yards in a TD pass. And Akers had 90 yards rushing in one TD. But the, Ram, the Rams defense, they, they, they just didn't have no, no answers for Aaron Rodgers and company. As for the, as for the Rams off, offense, you can just tell, you know, without Cooper Cup, this offense is very limited. I mean, and it showed. I mean, Cooper Cup, of course, one of their best um, wide receivers, you know, he was out with a knee injury. You know, Robert Woods, I mean, even though he's a a good receiver, I mean, him and Cooper Cup together and this Rams offense actually can do, can do a lot of damage. But without Cooper Cup, this offense is limited. So now that the Rams are out of the playoffs, it's going to be interesting to see what, what they're going to do going forward. Now, of course, they lost their defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, who's now... The um, Los Angeles Chargers head coach, so he didn't have to leave L.A. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with, with that defense. Of course, he's gonna, he does have Joey Bosa and um, Ingram there, so of course he can't take Aaron Donald with him. So he'll see what happens to see if he moves that team forward. As for the Packers, they will now host the NFC Championship matchup on Sunday 
So the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC goes to the frozen tundra in Lambeau Field. Now let's go on to Baltimore versus the Bills. Now I did predict Baltimore, so it was wrong here, but there was a lot of things about this game that, that I that, that was pretty interesting. One of the things I did say is I didn't think there'd be a lot of points. And obviously there was only 20 points as the Buffalo won this game 17 to 3. You gotta give kudos to both of these defenses. Both of these defenses played very well. I mean, of course, we all know the turning point in this game was the Ravens were driving. It was 10 to 3. Buffalo and they had a chance to tie the game but but Lamar Jackson threw a 101 pick six which which put the um, Bills up 17 to nothing and that was it from there and of course unfortunately Lamar Jackson suffered a concussion and had to leave the game of course Lamar had 162 yards passing one interception which was a pick six, which is the, the um, play that cost the Ravens this game, I believe. Because if it was 10-10, it might have been a different story. Josh Allen only had 206 yards, one TD pass. And Stefan Diggs had 106 yards and one TD. So that combination is going to be very hard to stop. So Buffalo now has to go on the road. To face the Chiefs. Of course, we we'll go ahead and move on. Speaking of the Chiefs, they did win their matchup 22-17. Patrick Mahomes had 255 yards and a TD. Of course, the big story in this game was he went out with what looks to be a concussion. Now, of course, Andy Reid after the game stated he should be okay. And he sh- and he it looks like he's on track to play on Sunday, depending on if he gets out of concussion protocol in time. But really, the the guys that did the most damage was basically Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey. I mean, Hill had 110 yards receiving, Kelsey had 109 yards receiving in a touchdown. And the Browns, you gotta you gotta give the Browns some credit. I mean, what they're showing everybody in this playoff game, especially a loss, this loss, is that they are they, they have set a new standard as Baker Mayfield was quoted at at his post-game conference. So that means we won't be talking about the Browns as a doormat anymore. Mayfield had 100, 204 yards passing, a touchdown, and a pick. You know, the running game. They did okay, but they sh- they they, sh- they should have done more. I mean, Chubb had 69 yards, Hunt had 32 yards. They needed to get at least, at least I believe, 200 or more yards in order to have a chance to pull this game out. But of course, they did have a chance to pull this game out. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and and, and when Patrick Mahomes went out and Chad Henning came in, you're thinking to yourself, "Uh oh, the Browns might have a chance," especially. When she, when Henning came in a game and he threw a pick, uh, I mean interception in the end zone, and you're thinking to yourself the Browns might have a chance, but the Browns did not score when they needed to on the drive that they needed to 
to win this game. And then the Chiefs got the ball back. And of course, on fourth and one, Andy Reid, going for broke, went in there. Called a play for Chad Henning to pass to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill caught the ball, stayed in bounds, and that was the beginning. That was it. Now, I know Patrick Mahomes is the story of this one, but you know what else should be the story of this? In the second quarter, the Browns have a chance to cut the lead 16 to 10. And the receiver reached out for the reached out for the touchdown and was hit, and the ball went into the end zone. For it to be a touchback, and then it became the Chiefs' ball. I mean, most people would agree this is a terrible rule. This rule needs to be looked at by the um, rules committee, and it needs to be changed. Another thing that needs to be looked at was why wasn't that the helmet to helmet not called? I mean, clearly, not only the ball going out of bounds and being a touchback, and I understand because of the rules, it was it was the right call, but they could not replay the helmet. The helmet hit, and I think that's and I think that's wrong. I mean, you, sh- I mean, it was clearly a penalty, and not only that, they need to change the the rule for the touchback going out of bounds and giving it back to the other team. You need to check the fact that when it was a helmet to helmet hit. That it needs to be replayed. See, one of the things I like about the college rule, I mean, if there is a helmet to helmet, you know, it's called and then it's re- reviewed. I mean, there's there's something like that that needs to be implemented in the NFL. But again, I know I've been killing the Browns all season, you know, because you know I don't trust them, but I think what they've shown is there are a year there are a year away from possibly getting in the NFC, NFC championship and competing. Now let's move on to the game I think most people were looking forward to, and that was Breeze and Brady 3, Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. Now I was Wrong on this one. The 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 the, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks won this one 30 to 20. Got to give give kudos to the defense of the um Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now I know I've been killing them at times during the season because they've been hot and cold, and they have been. I mean, especially in the first two games versus the Saints, whatever is getting torched. Well. You got to give them credit this time. Todd Bowles did a, a good job in getting this team ready. I mean, they had they they picked off Drew Brees three times in this game. And he held him to 134 yards passing. He had one touchdown. Tom Brady had two touchdowns and, a, and close to 200 yards passing. And the defense of the Saints, which is like I think number one in the NFL, obviously didn't show it. Because I mean, they only got the Tom Brady once in this game. And I think I know a lot's been going to be put on Drew Brees, costing the game with the three interceptions. 
but you got to give it to the Saints defense. The Saints defense, I, I, if you look at that game, there were probably three opportunities in that game to pick Tom Brady off, and the, and the um, cornerbacks did not come up with the play. And another thing that's, you know, I think was amazing about, you know, Todd Bowles' job as a D, D coordinator and the, and the job he did was they shut out the Saints' best receiver. Michael Thomas, the $100 million receiver, had zero catches in this game. Dude, you're being paid $20 million a season. Now, the Saints did not pay $100 million over five years equals $20 million a season for you to be shut out in the playoffs. Now, to be fair, I mean, you know, Drew Brees did try to give him the ball, but, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't work out. But still, he needs, he needs you're, 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 you're a big-time receiver. You've caught 100 balls over the first few seasons prior to this season because because of the injury. But you should not be going blank, laying a goose egg and ca- and catch and catches in the playoffs. Now, of course, before the game, Jay Glazer for Fox Sports reported that Drew Brees was going to retire after the playoffs. Now, of course, he said after the game, he hasn't made a decision yet. But if what Jay Glazer says is true, and usually it is, because, you know, if if he, Adam Scheffner, or Ian Rutherford report it, that usually means it's accurate. Because those guys are the ultimate NFL insider. But if this is Drew Brees' last game, I hate to see him go out like this. I mean, three interceptions. I mean, that's just a sad way to go out for a future Hall of Famer. A part of me would like to see him come back for a year and redeem himself and give it one more try. But it's understandable. He has nothing more to prove. I mean, he's one. He's he has the all-time record in passing yardage. I mean, he already, he, already, he led the, the Saints to a, to a Super Bowl and won it, and a Super Bowl MVP. So, he's had a great career. And this is a guy that most people didn't think he would make it. After the, after the, sh- the shoulder um, injury, which he had to have surgery for him, the, the Dolphins failed to take a chance on him. Of course... If they did so, Nick Saban might have still been in the NFL. But the Saints took a chance on him, and the rest is history. So if this is Drew Brees' last game, I'd like to say I enjoyed watching him play, except when he was playing my team, but I enjoyed watching him play. And he's had a great career, and I think the NFL is going to be, is going to miss him. As for the as for the um, Tampa Bay Bucks, you gotta give kudos 
to the coaching staff and to the players and even the organization. On two playoff games, the first two playoff games they've won since John Gruden was the head coach there. That was like, whew, almost 20 years ago. I mean, and now we're going to get ourselves a matchup of two Hall of Famers. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I'll give you my analysis and who I think is going to win this one later this week. And the same thing on the AFC side. We got if Patrick Mahomes does recover and is able to play on Sunday. We have the future of the NFL. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes going at it. Patrick Mahomes, of course, is 25. Josh Allen, 24. So what more can the NFL ask for? On one side, you have two future Hall of Famers. On the other side, you have you have the future of the NFL going at it. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this next segment. Of course, all, all weekend you heard nothing but Deshaun Watson rumors. I mean, you've heard everything that they told him he'd be part of the process. Or have an input on a GM and a head coach. Well, seems like the Texans lied to him. And now he had he had no input on who the GM was. And up until recently, the Texans didn't even talk to Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Now they're talking to him now. And they also did not interview Robert Sala, who's now the Jets head coach. So now there's rumors about how he wants out. I mean, he hasn't come out publicly and says he's wanted out. But everything that's been reported states that he's very angry. So here's what I'm, I want to put together, I believe, three teams that I think would be impacted greatly from having Deshaun Watson. And this is in no particular order. Now, here's one that just came up recently that's in the mix. Of course, there was talk about the Jets in Miami putting in a call for, for the possibility of obtaining Deshaun Watson services. <clears throat> now, the Jets, here's the thing, you know, of course, you know, I'm wishing Robert Sala all success. If they get Deshaun Watson, it would be a game changer. But right now, but one of the things Robert Sala and company would have to work on is getting that man an offensive line and getting him some playmakers. Because right now, he'd be just like, it'd be like him being in Houston. Basically a one-man team. So, if he's looking to win now, that's probably not the place for him to go. As for Miami, there's been 
talk that some Miami players are not feeling Tua. And that there's a possibility that Deshaun Watson would waive his no trade clause and go to Miami. Again, I mean, they're up and coming and building. I don't know if they would win right away with Deshaun Watson. I mean, the only thing would be good with going down to Florida is Brian Flores is looking like a very good coach. And of course, you have no state income tax down there in Florida. So, those are only good things, but after that, I don't think he, I don't think he puts him over the top. So, so those are the um, teams that I don't think would, would be good fits for Deshaun Watson if he wants to win now. Now, as far as Carolina goes, of course, they're now in the mix. Carolina would 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 great would benefit greatly. I mean, there's a lot of good players on this team. You got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you got Curtis Samuel. That is, if they don't they don't let him walk in free agency. I mean, DJ Moore. There's some pieces there. But of course, the Carolina Panthers would be basically telling Teddy Bridgewater, "We don't think you're the long-term answer." Of course, the defense. It's young. So, I mean, so there's no Luke Keekley there no more. Or um Thomas Jones. So he would have to basically while he would be impactful offensively, the defense still has ways to go. But I think the fit would be good. I think he'd I think he'd make the players around him better. Particularly the receivers. The other team I think would be impactful is the Bears. I mean, they had a chance to get him in the draft and made a mistake in not doing so. So that'd be their way of making up for a mistake. Even though it took them a couple of years to figure that out. I mean, he has everything. He has he has the defense. So the defense would not be wasting their efforts because Deshaun Watson would get the Bears in the end zone more times than not. Of course, you know, they got David Montgomery, the running back, and Allen Robinson at wide receiver. They still would need a couple of more pieces on, on offense in order to be a successful team. Now imagine, if, we all know Aaron Rodgers is not going nowhere anytime soon, so imagine Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson twice a year. Mm, that'd be must-see TV. And I think the last fit, and this is, of course, as a Niners fan, bias. Yes, the Niners. Now, I've been going back and forth with my buddies about this all, all last week. And, of course, here's the thing. Kyle Shanahan and Deshaun Watson would be dangerous. I mean, the Niners would be in the NFC Championship at least four or five times with Deshaun Watson being there. The only problem with 
Deshaun Watson being in, in with the, the Niners is it would be costly. At least not in the first in the, in the first year, they'd be fine. And the next couple of years, it'd be kind of expensive. So would they be able to re- get him to restructure? Because you know you have other guys that still has to be paid. But I personally believe if Deshaun if they were to trade J- Jimmy Garoppolo or cut him, of course they would be saving some money doing so. And if they were to get Deshaun Watson, yeah, I'll say it. They'll be in the Super Bowl next next year. Trust and believe. Because the defense is there. The playmakers on offense is there. The running game. So Deshaun Watson don't have to do a whole lot. Now, when he's called upon to do so, you know he can. I mean, the running game's there. You got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. So you want to call you want to talk about the Yak brothers? They're gonna put up a lot of yardage with Deshaun Watson. But of course, as I was telling all my buddies, and I've been trying to um get try to get get them to see as exciting as this would be, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I don't think it's gonna pull the trigger because it would get it would take a lot. I'm talking like two or three first round picks, a second round pick, and some players. I'm just not convinced they're gonna pull the trigger. Even I think even Grant Cohen would probably agree with me on that one. And now I'm gonna close with the NBA. James Harden made his debut on Saturday with the New Jer- with the Brooklyn Nets versus the Orlando Magic. They won the game 122 to 115. James Harden, obviously, what a difference a change of scenery makes. He had 32 points. 12 rebounds and 14 assists. Of course, Kevin Durant was a leader in that one with 42 points. Look. And of course, there was no Kyrie Irving because he was out again for whatever reason. And he's going to be out again tonight when they play the Milwaukee Bucks, which, of course, is a big matchup. I'll just say this. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets... I think I'd find a way to go trade Kyrie away. Now, while the three of them together, if they if they get it together, would be dynamite. Can you actually count on Kyrie Irving? Now, look, James Harden, you know, did everything he could possible to get out of Houston. I mean, look, the game. Of course, there's a lot of jokes online about how how he how he looked in his last game with Houston versus. How he looked in pregame with the Nets. I mean, yeah, it's true. It looked like in that last game when my Lakers destroyed them, you know, he looked like he he had a happy meal before he came before he got on the court. Now, of course, on Saturday with the Brooklyn Nets, he looked like he shred some pounds there. Hmm. Anyway, Kevin Durant knows what he was going to get with James Harden. He knows that James Harden is going to bring it every night. He doesn't have to worry about all the shenanigans or whatever issues Kyrie is having. As I, as I stated Friday, I think he's beating his head against the wall. Wondering, what have I done? I convinced I convinced the Nets 
to bring him along with me. And he and after a year, this is what I'm getting. Well, he does have James Harden, so he knows he doesn't have to worry about that with James Harden. <laughs> maybe, maybe Kevin Durant should push for uh push for the for, um, Washington Wizards. The um trade Kyrie Irving and bring Russell Westbrook there and bring the band back together because he know what those guys he know what he's going to get on a night in and night out basis but let's see what happens the rest of the way so stay tuned now this will conclude episode 46 of Sports Takes Galore I'm your host Gabe thank you for listening and downloading I appreciate it very much And you can follow this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. Thank you again for listening and downloading. Hope everyone has a wonderful day. And I'll talk to you again on Friday. Thank you.